Wait a minute, I hear something. there you podcasting travelers I don't know maybe you're traveling I'm traveling so you're traveling with me regardless if you're in the car with me or not it is time for another episode of Dr. Movie you can hear my blinkers turning because guess what I'm in my car talking about movies um we just recently covered Shivers the uh, David Cronenberg classic and uh just felt like hey we need to we need to go ahead and cover uh the next one cuz they kind of go hand in hand I don't know if there's really a pun there or not but could be uh they go armpit in hand I guess we could say we well, are talking about 1977's horror sci-fi flick Rabid which we currently have had a remake of which I have not seen so uh I need to remedy that. I need to I need to check that out. There's a lot of similarities going back and reviewing these. The the same thing that I liked about you know I, the original you know Romero flicks, right? Night, Dawn, uh up to dawn, right? Because right here we are right ahead of, of when dawn's going to come out with 77 here. But those movies in between, The Crazies, Martin, uh, George is really on to something. And, and it's the same idea that's even in, in the, the dead movies. It's uh, this thing that infested in us, right? Uh, you either get whatever this is and you become something no longer yourself. We become the monster. And that is really a powerful message of uh, not being in control. Um, you become the thing you fear the most. And it's yourself. And I just think, wow. I mean, it. it's one of those that we kind of lose sight of, right? Because as horror fans, we get into uh, the gore and the, the zaniness, the, the crazy over-the-top things that are going to happen in it. But deep down, guttural, there is fear. And that's the reason some people, you know, that kind of movie doesn't scare me, this movie scares me. It's all a matter of what you're scared of. And um, at the end of the day, there's, there's nothing more scary than not being in control even in everyday life right not, not being able to control your job situation or your you know deaths in the family things that happen to you personally things that happen to your kids or family that that you can't control right that's what made the exorcist so scary it was you know i, I can't do anything to save my kid as, as an adult it just hits you a different way and I think this does the same thing. So uh, let's let's talk about this one a little bit. Let me see if I can find a synopsis. Here we go. A synopsis. Sorry, not synopsis. Synapse makes great 4K uh, Blu-rays. Uh, surgery leaves a Montreal 
cyclist with a blood-sucking appendage in her armpit. Absolutely. Soon she has the insatiable thirst for human blood. What's incredible? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal something terrible about myself here. Um, we are talking about Marilyn Chambers being the star of this movie. Marilyn Chambers is a 70s um, adult movie icon. I'm trying to think of the nicest way to say it. Uh, porn star, right? And there was really nobody, no, well, pun intended, I guess. There was nobody hotter than Marilyn Chambers in this time period. If you haven't seen the history of her, it's it's really interesting. Uh, I'm going to ramble a lot on this one because uh, I've had some Marilyn Chambers experiences. <laughs> uh, that, that didn't come out right. <laughs> uh, their experiences nonetheless. Um, Marilyn Chambers. I mean, uh, behind the green door. Uh, ironically, we just read this synopsis. That's the reason I, I cackled, because soon she has the insatiable thirst for human blood. One of her biggest movies was called Insatiable. So there you go. That's why it was kind of cackling funny to me. I wonder if that was done on purpose. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot more than that. Again, with, with this is a David Cronenberg fl- film, obviously. Um, the King of What If, right? Taking advances in science... Uh, technology and saying what if and that's kind of the story here uh, let's I, is there any use in even talking about the cast because I pretty much revealed who I'm going to talk about uh, Marilyn Chambers like I said um, the only other person to really bring up is probably Joe Silver who pretty much plays the exact same character in this one that he did in Shivers he's friends with in this movie it's a surgeon that he's friends with or business partner with, but uh, you get this uh, thing where he and and the uh, the surgeon are sitting talking. This guy does plastic surgery, right? This is all about vanity. This this whole movie is about how far we will go for vanity, um, and the advances of technology, and is it worth the price, or what comes along with that, right? And there's this meeting going on between the executives of this clinic that, that this guy has, who's the, the surgeon. And he's talking about just advances in, in, in plastic surgery and what can be done and how it's going to keep moving forward. And they make some reference of, I don't want to be the McDonald's of plastic surgery. And they're like, why not? I mean, that's where the money is. I don't know that they say McDonald's. Uh, it flew by, but it was definitely a cheap manufactured just crank it out kind of thing is what he was saying, right? You get it. Um, back to Marilyn Chambers. Why not? Uh, my folks split up when I was 10. My father would come and get me on weekends. And by the time I reached, you know, 13, 14, 15, starting to hit those uh, impressionable years, right? My dad was still a single man and, uh, was a big fan of Betamax. Uh, (laughs) 
Also had a big satellite in the backyard, which picked up all the great channels, right? So, uh, at a very young age, I was very uh, knowledgeable of, uh, well, let's just go ahead and say it, 80s, 80s porn. <laughs> um, and again, Marilyn Chambers was just an icon. Now, the thing about her story, um, today's world, if she would have done what she did back at the beginning of this, which I'm going to describe or explain, if she would have done it now, it, it would probably be praised as a good thing, right? So what the story is, is she's a young actress trying to get work. She ends up uh, becoming the, now I won't say spokesperson, she's in a commercial for a detergent company. What's it called? Ivory Snow, I think is what it was called. It's got her holding a baby in her hands, very motherly kind of thing, right? So she's on TV every day, every soap opera break. You're seeing Marilyn Chambers holding a baby and being wholesome. And then 10 minutes later, you'd see a commercial come on about the, <laughs> the new adult film coming out, and it has the same person in it. Uh, so obviously this became an issue, and... Uh, I mean, her face was on every box of Ivory Snow. I believe I've got the name of the, the, the product right. And, uh, you know, they had to remove her from the boxes. And, I mean, it became a big to-do, right? And I just think about that now. And as crazy as the world is now, everybody would be like, well, she can be a porn star and a mother. You know, some crazy, ludicrous thing like that, right? Uh, you, you forget who you're audience is, which we just got a big dose of that, right? Uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying who's right and who's wrong, but you know, but light, you have to know who your audience is. And I think you're finding out real quick. Um, it, it's, I don't even drink. So if that tells you anything, I've never had a drink of alcohol in my life. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you have to, uh, you have to know who your who your audience is, right? Who you're selling to, and once you piss those people off, it's kind of a done deal, right? I don't care what it is you're selling. I don't care if you're a musician. If you look, you know, well, you can use some cases that throughout history, it's just like the big deal when Bob Dylan plugged in an electric guitar. His whole fan base that led up to that point just said, "Screw this, he's not wholesome anymore." It's ironic. Dang, I ain't got to the movie yet, and I'm already 10 minutes in. Let me tell you my Marilyn Chambers story, right? Again, grew up being a quote-unquote fan. <laughs> um, the first um, convention that I ever went to was in Nashville, movie convention. And, uh, you know, it's a horror convention. Full moon body tattoo, whatever it's called. Full moon tattoo... Fantasy Island horror thing. I don't know. Um, and we're looking around the room, and, you know, here's Lloyd Kaufman. Here's Ken Foray, right, which was awesome. And here's Marilyn Chambers, right beside Ken Foray, which me and Ken Foray had a few conversations about Marilyn Chambers as well because he ended up saying that he ended up having the hotel room right next to her. <laughs> and, uh, you know, those things pass through your head. Um... 
and walked up to her and I was like, it just kind of floored me at first because again, and I said, I, I, I'm a little confused. Why are you here? She's like, oh, they're, they're releasing this movie on, maybe it was Blu-ray at the time. I don't think Blu-rays are even out yet. DVD possibly. And I was like, holy smokes, I totally forgot that she was in this movie. And uh, had a good conversation, and she actually had pictures that she was signing stuff of the Ivory Snow box, you know, with her face on it and all that stuff. Anyways, uh, <laughs> after I met her, I called my father immediately. I was like, Dad, I'm, I'm standing here by one of your heroes. And he said, Merle Haggard? <laughs> and I said, uh, No, Marilyn Chambers. And the phone, it, it got deadly quiet. And all of a sudden, he said, where are you? <laughs> oh, man. And then I explained, you know, everything. But that's just one of those moments that cracked me up because Dad probably would have jumped on his motorcycle ran right out and just, you know, came there immediately. So um, back to this movie. And again, Marilyn Chambers is beautiful in this movie. I mean, she's got the feathered hair, the kind of Farrah Fawcett hair going on. She's a nice looking lady. There's just no doubt about it. Um, she's got a boyfriend, drives a motorcycle. They're on a motorcycle riding around. A van pulls out in front of them, causes them to have a wreck. The motorcycle lands on top of her, catches on fire. And then we get the whole thing of they're going to do, you know, reconstructive surgery. They're taking uh, just layers of skin off of her legs, off her thighs, and relocating it and, and patching everything up, right? Um, in the process, something happens. Not exactly sure. that That's the thing about it, but uh, in her armpit, I don't know how to really say it. Uh, well, it, it just, it kind of looks like a butthole. <laughs> That's kind of what it looks like. And, you know, it, it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's in her armpit. And for the longest time, you don't even see this thing, right? Because the plastic surgeon, we don't, we don't get to see it, right? She wakes up screaming. She's been in a coma. This guy comes in to check on her. She says she's freezing. Of course, she's naked. And, uh, can you just hold me? I'm, I'm, I'm cold. He wraps his arms around her. She, you see her squeeze him, and then blood starts coming out of him somewhere. Not exactly like up on his shoulder or whatever. And, you know, what she does is she puts this sucker thing that's in her armpit on you, and it starts draining your blood. But here's the thing. It's not like it's got teeth or anything. It's not like some kind of thing like that. It's actually got this thing that pops out, like a needle kind of looking thing. Very veiny looking. Again, Cronenberg, what do you expect? And it uh, stabs the people and starts just draining your blood out. So she's now, might as well face it, she's addicted to blood. And uh, very death dream-like, very Martin-like. Except Martin, I don't think he had to have the blood. He was just doing it. I don't know. You can take your own opinion on that. I need to watch. We need to talk about Martin on this show for sure. But uh, very death dream, right? He has to have, or she has to have this blood to survive. She goes, she breaks out of the hospital, 
finds a cow in a barn, tries to drink its blood because she's feeling bad about doing this to people, and uh, and she she does three or four people here in you know in the hospital. Not I mean with the with the armpit thing, not not doing them, and uh, she she finds a cow and she does the arm on the cow, and it makes her sick, so it has to be human blood. And come to find out, who knows why, but she's got some kind of disease, obviously. This show's called Rabid for a reason. And um, they go around claiming it's a form of rabies. All these people that she's bit, if they're not dead, they're getting back up, they're getting real sick, and then they start foaming at the mouth, and then they start attacking people and biting people and wanting human blood. So again, you can see all the similarities here of all the Romero stuff, even the crazies, right? Uh, they are ingesting something or it gets contaminated and it turns them into something else. And um, this thing gets pretty crazy. You got the boyfriend who was on the motorcycles trying to come back and, you know, check on her because he really cares about her. But Rose, which is the the Marilyn Chambers' character's name, is just kind of running from the problem. She gets picked up by uh, a trucker and obviously nothing ends well no matter who she's with it's not going to end well but what's interesting is these people are going out and it's spreading right so uh, you get news reports of this incredible breakout of this new strand of rabies and I love when horror movies or science fiction movies really tap into something that you start seeing happening in real life because Obviously, this is this is Canadian because it's Cronenberg. But the story is is you're not allowed to go anywhere, or you know you can't walk out in public unless you have your papers with you that shows that you've had, you guessed it, <laughs> your shots, right? You have to have the latest version of the shot, and just how, you know. They're, they're treating something that they don't even know how to treat. But they're doing it just to try to keep some kind of normalcy. Sound familiar? I think so. Um, then again, don't like to get political, but come on. You're going to create something to take care of some new thing that's happening, and you're going to create it in three, four months, and it's going to work? Yeah. I'll take a rain check, right? Um, anyways. It's just funny how that ties into all this. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm against you know any kind of any kind of shots. I'm just saying that um, you might want to wait till they work all the bugs out, right? Which we're seeing some repercussions of that. But anyways, uh, again, not trying to get on one side or the other. I'm just saying that I'm one of those guys when a new a new product comes out, I usually wait for a year or so because. Chances are something's going to go wrong with it. And that's usually like, you know, a video game console or a new car or some new electronic device. So if I'm that way with that, I'm definitely going to wait on stuff like that until I know that, okay, you know, we're, we're not growing a third eye here. So <laughs> um, back to this story, uh, you get... Uh, Marilyn Chambers makes her way back to, I guess, where she lives with her best friend. And obviously, that's not going to work out well either, right? But her best friend gets attacked on a subway. 
we forgot there's a scene where a, the surgeon who did all the work, he, he gets it as well. And in the middle of surgery on somebody, you see him starting to crack. And he gets a pair of scissors and cuts off one of the nurse's fingers and tries to get to the blood. This is a this is an interesting movie. Um, by the end of it, you know the, the the young man that was on the motorcycle was calling her and telling her, "Look, you've 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 kind of created this problem, and this is what's going on." And she doesn't think that she's responsible for it, even though this weird thing has happened to her, right? Because she don't have rabies; she's she's just hungry for human blood. And um, she finally puts it all together, and she stays at her place, and she's got a guy there that she has drained, and she calls her boyfriend and says, look, I, I've just, I'm going to do an experiment here. I'm going to wait and see when this guy comes to. If it's the thing, then I'll know that it's my my problem. Well, while he's talking to him, he's like, look, you need to get out of there because these people get super angry like you know, the wreck movies kind of angry or 28 days later, these, they, they just go insane, right? They're rabid. And, um, you know, sure enough, while she's on the phone, dude stands up and attacks her, bites her and she gets away and ends up out in the street. And here, here's the other thing too. I forgot to bring this up, but the way that the, I want to say government, whatever they are in, in Canada, the way they're handling this is, is just as crude as like what's in the crazies, right? And that really gives you the shiver down the spine of it's it's martial law. There Again, you can't be out in public unless you've got your papers that you've had the vaccinations for these things. And even though they're not really vaccinating for it because they don't know what it is, uh, the only person that does know is dead. So, uh, you know, uh, there's a scene where they've got a roadblock where Joel Silver, which is, again, the Murray cipher in the, in the movie, has the guy that was riding on the motorcycle, and they're trying to go get Rose, and they're stopped at a roadblock because the military's got them stopped, and there is, like, a parade of garbage trucks. You know, it's got the big compactor on the back, going down the street, and I'm talking about a parade. I'm talking 20, 30 of them, right? I didn't really count, but it's 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 a bunch. And you're like, what is going on here? Are they building up a wall where people can't get through using these trucks? No, what they're doing is they're picking up the bodies. They got military guys out here shooting the rabid people, killing them, and then they pick them up and throw them in these compactors and, and compact them. And the last scene of this movie... They find Marilyn Chambers dead. I don't know if she's really dead or if she's just giving herself up because she knows that this is all her fault. She's laying on the side of the road in a garbage pile. There's a dog standing over her. And these guys in white hazmat suits, just like on the crazies, pick her body up and throw her in the back of the dumpster and close it, compact it. And that's this movie. I mean, <laughs> so... Uh, this is a uh, again. This is this is Cronenberg really hitting his stride here, and uh, it's it's really a good film for the for the budget that they had to make this. <clears throat> you know, you can actually tell that that it's it's pretty low budget, just like Shivers. But the content and the way that it's put together and the story that we're telling is so powerful 
that you overlook those things. And I'm not saying anything looks bad. You know, I'm just saying that you could see where, and that's why I'm anxious to see the remake, because these are the kind of movies I talk about that you could actually remake and really do something with them instead of making another freaking Friday the 13th movie or whatever. It's been done, right? Let's take these stories that everything is there. They just lacked that little extra polish that would make them, you know, a much bigger scale movie. Death Dream, Shivers, this movie, all of those, right? And they tried it with the crazies. And I thought the crazies was pretty good. But it's still missing that guttural thing that's in the original. That's for a different different show. Um, And I don't know, man. I, I think you walk away from these type movies thinking about it. You don't just go, wow, it was wild when he split that guy's head open. No, this makes you think about where we are going as a society, the advancements that we have, and are we tampering with something we shouldn't be tampering with? That's really what you walk away with. What are we really in control of, right? You always hear the scenario or the saying of playing God. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a price for that, right? You're tampering with things you shouldn't be tampering with. And uh, I don't know. That, that's what I get out of this one. This is a great flick, y'all. And uh, I hope you check it out. It is on Tubi, along with Shivers. They're both on there. I recommend both of them, without a doubt. Um, I'm going to give this a good solid 4 out of 5 as well. And it's probably a 4.5. It's almost a 5 for me. This is a great flick. So, all right, folks. That's pretty much my thoughts on this one. If you have any thoughts, comments... Memories, memories. <laughs> if you're a Marilyn Chambers fan, just let me know, right? Because uh, I am, and uh, not ashamed. So <laughs> there you go, folks. All right, folks. Uh, Till next time, we will check you later. Doctor Uber.